0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Try Me A River. feels mad to be saying Happy New Year when we're at the start of February, but because it's been so long since our last episode back in December, before Christmas, which seems like a lifetime ago, I feel like it's only right that I do wish you a Happy New Year. It's great to have your company as always. Thank you so much for all the people who have been getting in touch on Instagram, for the new followers who have jumped on board recently. Thank you for your support. We will do our best to keep the great guests coming and fill you in on all the news you need to know from the world of triathlon and paratriathlon. I am dead excited to say that we have got a great guest for you today, a real world-class triathlete but i will get onto him in just a few moments time after i fill you in on a couple of bits of big news first up congratulations to the brilliant yetsa Platt and susana rodriguez for both making it onto the six athlete shortlist for the massively prestigious laureus world sports awards the two para triathletes are nominated in the category of laureus world sports person of the year with a disability And it's amazing to see paratriathlon represented not once, but twice. They're both so deserving of their place on that list. Jetsa Platt, you'll remember, was on this podcast last year. He's a wheelchair triathlete and has won three Paralympic gold medals in two different sports, that is paratriathlon and hand cycling. He is a phenomenal athlete and it's his third time nominated for this award, so hopefully third time lucky for Jetsa. And then Susanna Rodriguez. She's a visually impaired triathlete from Spain who's a three-time world champion and, after Tokyo, also a Paralympic champion. And get this, when she's not being the best in the world at triathlon, she is also a doctor and was working throughout the COVID pandemic. She is an absolute inspiration. So well done to both Yetza and Susanna And the winners of those Laureus Awards will be announced at a ceremony in April. And the second story I want to touch on before we get to today's guest. The first four members of the Commonwealth Triathlon team have been announced for Team England. And the triathletes who will be competing in Birmingham this summer so far are Georgia Taylor-Brown, Sophie Caldwell, Alex Yee and Johnny Brownlee. Three of the four athletes who won mixed relay gold in Tokyo last summer. But most surprisingly, as far as I can see, is that Johnny is back. After dropping heavy hints leading up to the Olympics in Tokyo last year that he was going to focus on longer distance racing, being quoted at the time as saying he was looking for new challenges, he seems to have made a bit of a U-turn and clearly fancied his chances at one more competition on home soil before ditching short course racing altogether. And after the Commonwealth team announcement was made, Johnny said, I had a change of heart after the relay win in Tokyo, and I'm really pleased and surprised to be selected. And he'll do a job, absolutely. And what this means is that there's a seriously strong team that Team England have there, and they'll be very hard to beat. So last time at the Commonwealth in 2018 on the Gold Coast, in the mixed relay it was australia who came first england second and new zealand third and it's likely to be those three teams battling it out once again in the mixed relay and with england's lineup it will be a proper scrap for us all to look forward to so make sure you've got that one penciled into the calendar but i think that's enough news for now because we've got the exciting business of today's guest on the podcast to deal with And it is an absolute privilege to have the fantastic Stefan Daniel join us for this episode. Here are a few Stefan facts for you. Stefan Daniel is 24 years old and is from Calgary in Canada. He competes in the PTS5 category in paratriathlon events as a result of him being born with a right arm significantly shorter than his left arm. But that does not hold him back one bit. Even at his young age, he is a four-time paratriathlon world champion in a highly competitive category. On top of that, he is also a two-time Paralympic medalist, claiming silver in Rio in 2016 and then bronze in Tokyo last year. As we will mention in our chat, he also competes at a very high level in cross-country running, often winning able-bodied races and as a result bringing the sport of paratriathlon to a whole new audience. Also during our time together, we chat about some of the biggest rivals that he has in his paratriathlon category, including the German two-time Paralympic champion Martin Schulz, and George Peasgood, who you may remember from being on this podcast back at the start of 2021. Stefan is a brilliant, enthusiastic guy who has big plans for where he'd like to take his talent and his sporting career over the coming years. And he'll tell you all about that in our chat. So let's jump in. Stefan spoke to me from his base in Canada just a few days ago and this is the start of February 2022 and I started by asking him if he agrees with his coach's assessment when they said recently that he has an insane ability to suffer.
1: Yeah I think everybody kind of at this level can make themselves hurt more than more than the average person. I work as hard as I know how and I think I I pride myself on that. I think it's part of the I've been able to get to a high level. And I know all my competitors can do the same. It's it's, uh, it's a rewarding feeling at the end of it. But yeah, I, don't, I like to make myself hurt sometimes.
0: <laughs> and the, the other thing I saw about your family background is that both your mum and your dad have completed Ironman triathlons and done very well at them. And this is interesting because last year I was chatting to somebody that you race against, George Peasgood. And he told me that both of his parents had completed Ironman triathlons as well. So yeah, it's, it's funny that the two of you come from that background. But was it your parents who encouraged you to first give triathlon a go?
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was my dad. He actually convinced me and my mom to do a triathlon. My mom came from more of like a running background, so she did like, she's done Boston, the Boston Marathon before and stuff. And yeah, no, I don't know if triathlon is one of those sports you kind of really pick up at a young age. Like, I want to do triathlon, at least not in Canada. It's more like, you know, hockey and stuff like that. But I was lucky enough to, you know, have my dad and he kind of started me out in swimming when I was young. And, you know, when you're young, you don't necessarily like swimming, but I had success. So I stuck with it, Um, did local road races with my mom when I
0: was little. And then there's just kind of a natural progression from there towards triathlon and you do quite a bit of cross-country running or at least you did up until recently is that something that you still do a bit of
1: yeah definitely yeah I do cross-country every single fall uh, right after Tokyo I came back and competed cross-country here with my university team and a lot of fun i I always do cross-country it's something I just love to do
0: and do you think the strength that you gain from going through those tough muddy courses helps you develop the stamina you need for top level triathlon racing
1: yeah, no, I think, I think the sports complement each other really well. Like cross country is kind of like my running training block, if you will. And I think that, you know, triathletes can actually do quite well in cross just because like, versus like maybe pure track runner, I think triathletes have a lot of strength and aerobic power and maybe what we lack in pure foot speed, we can gain into kind of just aerobic strength. So it's kind of fun to mix up just the pure runners for a change.
0: Yeah. And wh- when did you first get into the cross country? Is that something that you'd always done growing up?
1: Yeah, no, I've done it since, well, I guess since like grade six or seven. You know, initially I just kind of got into it, into it with some of my friends and I joined a track team when I was in grade nine. My first coach was Mike Van Tegum, who is now, he's coached the last two Canadian Olympic teams in Rio and Tokyo. So uh, that was a good coach to have at the start. And now I run with just the University of Calgary running team as well. And we've been lucky to have a really successful program. And it's just been awesome to have
0: those guys to push me and help my running progress. Yeah. Do you, do you find that quite an important part of your training, having other people around you who are striving forward at the same sort of rate?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's kind of what makes the training enjoyable. I, I'm not a person who could like do everything by myself all the time. I like to be around my peers, and I'm lucky enough to have a really good group here that pushes me, and then we also have fun as well. So I look forward to coming to practice every day, even if it's a you know really hard session
0: in your paratriathlon category you have got some brilliant competition and i always find it so much fun to watch because as i mentioned you've got george from britain who won the silver medal at the last paralympics you've got martin schultz from germany double paralympic champion you've got the current world champion chris hammer you've got yourself who's been extremely successful you've won four world titles is that right uh yes yeah you've medaled twice at the paralympics so like serious talent in that category do you enjoy that rivalry do you feel like there's a few good rivalries brewing there between the three or four top names
1: yeah yeah no um yeah no i guess i guess they're like rivalries in a way we we're competitive and you know we've we've really i think raised the bar in our category uh, especially the four of us like i think you see every year it's getting more competitive in our category and you know see you see new athletes coming from different sports and every year it's getting harder and harder and i think it's it's awesome and i think you know martin george chris uh, the list goes on I think we've set a, a good standard for para and I'm, I'm excited to race because like if you know if it was like one person that was you know competitive it wouldn't be fun but I think we get the best out of ourselves because we know like I know how powerful George is in the bike for example and you know I'm training really hard and I, I'm strong at the run so I'm sure he's going after the run to catch me and it's Um, I really think we push each other to be our best, and it's a lot of fun to be a part of.
0: Yeah, can you talk me through that Tokyo race a little bit? Because George, as he told me when he was chatting to me in the podcast last year, he tends to get quite a gap on the swim, and is quite good at holding that in the bike. But then people like yourselves are charging him down on the run. And yeah, what was that like? Did you know where George was? Did you know where Chris was behind you? Were you getting updates on your position and their position?
1: Yeah, I, I knew where they were. They... Yeah, I, George had a really good swim. I think he was—he had a pretty good gap out of the water. I was kind of with Martin coming out of the water, and yeah, they just—they just kind of took it to me on the bike. I just wasn't where I wanted to be, unfortunately. Uh, I did absolutely everything I could on the day, but they just rode away from me. And on the run, uh, struggling a bit too. And I didn't actually know Chris was uh, coming for me the way he was. I <laughs> am um, thankful that I saw him with like four meters to go because I was kind of in—I well, I thought I was in no man's land. I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to catch George, and. I didn't know where fourth was at the time. Then I kind of looked and I saw him coming. So then I had to really surge the last bit and, and hold him off. But uh, yeah, I'm no, glad I did. He, he had a really good race, which is awesome to see. oh Chris is a great guy, so I was stoked for him.
0: What does it feel like when you're coming onto the blue carpet and you you know that somebody's close by? Like I guess at that stage in a race, you're feeling pretty empty.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a it's a cool feeling because sometimes when you get kind of in those sprint finishes, you don't really even like feel anything. You're just focused on the finish line, just trying to get there as fast as you can. And normally there would kind of be, you know, a bit, bit of a crowd there that could give you some energy, but it was a different feeling kind of, you know, having more of a quiet race. But yeah, it, it was a pretty cool feeling. I, was, I wasn't stoked to get the bronze, but I was more relieved. I was like, you know what? Happy to get away with the medal here. So that was all good.
0: And the competition is so close. So Martin Chiltz won the title on that occasion and he had won the previous Paralympics, but you have beaten him before and he finished fourth in the World Champs late last year. So he's he's not untouchable. But what is it about him that makes him so good at the Paralympic Games? How would you describe him as an athlete?
1: Yeah, no, I think he's uh, I think it's just like really composed He's uh, he's put down to like his best races at those games, which is really hard to do, you know, kind of like like Alistair Brownlee in a way, because, you know, Alistair finds a way to kind of really pop off when it matters. And I think Martin kind of has that same ability to really, to really step up, you know, on that one day every four years and really put down something great. And I know he's going to do the same thing again in Paris. So the only, the only way to beat him is, you know, you have to be 100 percent on as well. And yeah, no, kudos to him. That, that's a super hard thing to do. So I, I tip my hat off to him for that
0: have you started thinking about 2024 even like far off yeah. in the distance
1: yeah no it's it's coming quickly it's like yeah I guess obviously it's a very short cycle so I think as soon as I kind of took a bit of an off season well I ran cross first then I took an off season after that and then it's kind of been on my mind since then so kind of put, put a bit of a plan in place and uh, kind of excited to get back to it and you know, hopefully the world is a bit more normal then and we can have you know crowds and stuff and that, that was kind of what was fun about Rio but yeah looking forward to Paris for sure
0: yeah, how did that make Tokyo different? Because like the setting looked incredible in terms of the venue where you were competing. But as you mentioned, you didn't have the fans that you would have had at Rio. Did, did it feel strange racing in that sort of environment?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Like it was uh it was weird kind of going to the course and like you'd kinda of hear like the crickets around the course and it, it was a different vibe. Like we were I think everyone was so excited that we were actually just able to race. Like that was we we're so grateful that we didn't get this get these games canceled. Um, yeah, I know the, not having the fans, it doesn't make it quite the same, but there are still people kind of watching and clapping. And uh, there was people there, but it was yeah, a lot quieter than usual, which kind of that's kind of takes out some of the excitement. But it was still a fun race nonetheless.
0: And just before that, actually, you were you were having a great year anyway. There was a, a week in June where I saw you had two big wins in the space of one week in Spain and then at the Americas Paratriathlon Championship only a week later. Do you feel like you're progressing as you want to be?
1: Yeah, no, I think, I think last year I was actually like in the best fitness, certainly on the bike that I've, I had ever been. I made some really big gains in a lot of areas and like it didn't show in Tokyo, unfortunately, but I know I made some pretty big improvements. So I'm I'm excited to kind of try to keep that going. And yeah, I I was really happy with where I got to, I'm still progressing. And I think this year I'm going to try some new stuff. Like I might dabble in like a half Ironman later in the fall, um, just to kind of try that stuff out and maybe try to get some experience kind of in that domain.
0: That's interesting. That's interesting. So while you're keeping the sort of shorter course plans very much at the forefront of your mind, you're thinking of maybe bumping up the distance, which is something that I suppose a few other triathletes have tried in recent years. Like I guess some of the Norwegian guys in triathlon have have tried half distance and that's translated quite well. Like, do you think that's becoming more of a thing where people are trying to build up that base by doing the longer races?
1: Yeah, no, I think you, can, well, you see a lot of the top ITU guys doing it and they're doing quite well, especially at the 70.3. They, they can step up pretty easily and do quite well. So I think for, for me, it's kind of more about, um, I've always kind of, I have pride in just kind of uh, competing against like my able-bodied peers. And I think it's, uh, it's something that really kind of motivates me. And, you know, I love the para stuff, but uh, for me, I really just want like to, you know, what, what's like, could be like the biggest challenge. I think there's a lot of bigger challenge than going against able-bodied guys that are awesome. And I think it suits me a bit better. Obviously my, dis- my disability mainly uh, affects me in the water and half Ironman, the swim is, it's important, but it's it's obviously the least important, whereas ITU stuff, it's a bit harder with the drafting. So um, I think it's something that realistically I could maybe do okay in a
0: few years. With the disability that you have, how was that growing up, kind of getting into the sport for the first time, feeling a little bit different from the other kids that you were doing exercise with and swimming with? Was, was that tough for a while or was it just something that you've always experienced and so it didn't feel so strange?
1: Yeah, I never really um, let it get to me. I think that was the kind of the influence of my brother. My older brother has cerebral palsy. So we started swimming together and my disability is obviously isn't as severe. And so, you know, I would get kind of get frustrated. Sometimes if like my body peers were a bit faster than me and whatnot. And I remember my brother Christian would always maybe he was you know, the slowest swimmer in the club because of his disability, but he would always be the by far the hardest working and he would always have, like, have a smile on his face doing it. So I think having kind of that kind of rubbed off on me a bit, I was like, you know what, Like this is kind of what I have, I can make do with it and I'm not, I don't wanna let this be an excuse. So I played all the sports when I was young, Like obviously I did swimming and running, but I played basketball in junior high school, I did soccer, Like I did everything. And I think that's also the reason that I kind of want to, that I always, you know, step into the able-bodied domain just because I don't usually let my disability be a reason not to try something. So I think that was kind of the influence of my brother.
0: Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. And what do you think, in your opinion, could be done to boost the profile of paratriathlon? Because especially recently, there is so much money being pumped into able-bodied triathlon. What do you think could be done to try and get some of that support for paratriathlon that is going into able-bodied triathlon?
1: Yeah, no, I think, well, I think it's, it's going pretty well right now. Like I think that paratrathlon is getting very competitive now. And I think just having like the, you know, exciting races and stuff will, you know, bode well for itself. But I think even kind of just doing what I'm, I'm planning to do, just like, you know, stepping out into able-bodied stuff and just kind of getting out there, which is kind of where, you know, a lot of the more attention is media stuff. And I think just, you know, trying those things can put some light onto paratrathlon. So I think that's, that would be something like we could all do. I think, you know, Martin and George and all those guys, I'm sure they're going to do the half Ironman stuff eventually. I think, I think we could all do quite well at it. So I think that's that's something we should consider for the future.
0: And see when you're training, what are your favourite training sessions? Are there any that you look forward to or do you <laughs> dread them all?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it depends on the day. Sometimes I'm <laughs> dreading them all, but. I think for me, like any any running session is by far my favorite. I'm kind of a runner at heart. So that's that's kind of what I've always enjoyed the most about triathlon. And whether it be even like kilometer repeats or hills or whatever, I think just anything running really is always my favorite.
0: When you have goals that are possibly a bit further off in the future, how do you keep motivating yourself when the alarm goes off and your life is, to an extent, dedicated to training? How do you keep yourself going? How do you find the drive to do that on days where you maybe just don't fancy it? Yeah, no,
1: I think just yeah, definitely setting setting goals for yourself and just kind of putting a plan in place to achieve those. Then so you don't really get, ever give yourself the option to you know miss a session or something like that. You kind of you have a plan in place and you just don't ever you know consider not doing something. So. You know, a triathlon's a very hard sport. It's a lot. It's very time-consuming, and but I think it always it's always very rewarding in the end. So just always remembering that, and it's kind of what keeps me going each day.
0: And what what do you like doing when you're not training or racing? Do you have anything that helps you switch off completely?
1: Yeah, no, I like uh, I don't know, just hanging. Like, I hang out with my buddies. I'm still, still a university kid, so I <laughs> hang with my friends a lot. Um, you know, I like you know gaming and stuff on my Xbox. But yeah, between training and and school most of the year, I'm I'm pretty busy. So I don't usually have a ton of time for stuff, but yeah, just just socializing with other people is usually what I
0: do. And what are you studying at university?
1: Uh, Business, just in business degree here at University of Calgary. So I'm in my fourth year, so should be graduated sometime in 2023. So pretty excited to get that going. Don't know what I wanna do with it quite yet, but I'll start exploring my options pretty soon.
0: And has university life been fun? Has that helped with the training in terms of like the running you've been able to do with the uni team?
1: Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely that. Yeah, the level of competition is pretty high. And I think it's really pushed me a lot to get a lot better in the running. And that's, and I think just like the school training balance is, is important to me. I'm not somebody who can really just train all the time, all year. Um, I kind of need something else to fall back on and just kind of get my mind off things. So I think just having the balance between school and training has just kind of kept me interested in the sport. And it's just nice to have something else to do as well. <laughs>
0: if i was to speak to you again in a year's time say like is there anything you would like to have achieved or anything you'd like to be doing apart, apart from graduating from your course uh this time next year yeah no i, I hope that i can
1: you know continue to, to get stronger across all three disciplines you know i hope if i do a half iron man this year that it goes somewhat well I, I think it'll be i think it'll be a different challenge i'll probably mess up the nutrition or something but uh, <laughs> it'll be a i'm sure it'll be a humbling experience and yeah i think This is going to be a longer season than I'm used to because I think Worlds is going to be like end of November kind of thing so I think just trying to it will present a different challenge but if I can get through the year you know healthy and fit and happy I think that that'll
0: be I'll be really happy with that. Cool have you got any half Ironman events that you're really aiming for?
1: Uh, Not yet I'm just kind of in the early stages of discussing it but I might aim for one kind of like in the fall sometime just because there's a block kind of from like end of August to like November that I don't really have any races on the schedule yet so Maybe something in there, but there's a ton of ton of races I could do, so I'll have to think which one uh, would work the best. But that's kind of where my head's at. So,
0: oh, nice. And last question: If you were speaking to uh, a bunch of kids, I'm not sure if you get the chance to do this to sort of pass on like what you've learned from the sport. What would you say to like the five or six year olds getting into the sport?
1: Yeah, no, I think just uh, just trying to have fun with it. Don't take it don't take it too seriously. I think that you know. Especially when, when I was young, I think I sometimes was getting a bit a bit too serious and a bit too competitive. And I think we'd kind of, that's why I wasn't really enjoying swimming for a bit. So I think just enjoying it for what it is, just, you know, being active is rewarding in itself. And, you know, I've met a lot of great people and just realizing that we're doing this kind of for fun as well as for, you know, for something to do as well. So I think just remind myself, you know, just have fun with it. And uh, if you're enjoying it, you'll do well. <laughs>
0: Oh, it was an absolute thrill chatting to Stefan for a bit there. And I just want to thank him once again for his time. He's a busy man who trains hard. So we really, really appreciate him giving up half an hour of his time to let us into his world. So if you liked what you heard there and you have any further questions that you'd like us to pass on to Stefan or comments, please get in touch. The email address is trymeariver at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at River or on Instagram at River underscore pod. All of those places. If you have any guests you would like in the future, if you have any topics you would like covered, I am here to help. So please do give me a bell. In the meantime, look after yourselves. Keep squeezing in the run, swims and cycles. And I will chat to you again very, very soon.